It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Oh, and yes! Touchdown! They did it! Well, how about that? <laughs> That's not bad. It's the new open. It's a uh, first time for all of us hearing it at the same time. Yeah, I, I did not get a sneak peek of that. I, although I knew pretty quickly, because it didn't sound like the old one, so it's just like, yes, I am officially part. <laughs> There's a recognition there that Jason Walker does officially exist here in the building. It's nice to know that I exist and that I'm a part <laughs> of the full court press family. Um, all you have to say, nine three one five immediately text in. So this is cool. Can we call in now? Um, <laughs> Maybe uh, we'll see that 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 was not something that was unexpected. Yeah, that that was not something in our plans. Maybe we'll talk it over. We'll see. But uh, the phone line has always been open, and has always worked. Um, we we just don't call it out very often because we get far more engagement on our text line than we do people calling in. Now you you can call in. It's never been uh, you know taboo. As long as you don't call in while I'm on the board, because I'm still working on that part. I might just hang up on you. It's like, um, hello, is this working? That actually happened once when we were doing our, when I was doing it solo. Um, the the flashing thing went off. Somebody was calling us, and we neither was, and I think it was like at the end of our show. So, like, there wouldn't have been time to put it on if it had actually been somebody. But it was just like. It's going off. What do I do? <laughs> so I just ignored it. Just let it blink. Enjoy <laughs> the blinking lights. I did not enjoy it. It is a bright <laughs> light. It is meant to get your attention, and it does a it, very good job at that. It, it is uh, It is obnoxious. Yeah. Well, speaking of texting in, if you want to text in, uh, we're going to be talking about the fall scrimmage, for the first fall scrimmage, I should say, since there will be another one this Saturday. Yes. Um, fingers crossed that the weather will cooperate. Yeah. It looks so, like it should. Yeah, and since this last one wasn't public, both me and Eric were there. Uh, we got to watch it, so if you have questions, um, I put most of my observations in like a 2,000-word article on Cash Valley Daily um, on Saturday. So if you want to, you know, do some light reading, <laughs> <laughs> I put a lot of my thoughts on just, you know, how some people performed in some position battles. But obviously, I'm not going to say go read the article. If you ask me about them, I'll answer. Yes, but, but it, it is really, it is a great comprehensive snapshot and I'm, snapshot's not really the best word. It's like a panoramic. <laughs> yes, that's true. Because uh, you were went into a lot of depth as to what the observations were, and it was a crazy situation. You know, with the weather the way it was on Saturday, uh, we started to get some word late Friday that there's a possibility this thing's just not going to happen. And good thing they didn't hold it outdoors. Yeah. But unfortunately, it made it really hard for all the fans who wanted to attend. I know there were a lot of bummed people who were excited to see this team and. They didn't get that chance, so really there's only a select few of us who were allowed into the indoor practice facility to watch a really a closed practice scrimmage, and um, we saw some really interesting things. Yeah, a lot of questions that I had 
were answered. There were some surprises. And, you know, so there's plenty for us to talk about, things that I wasn't expecting that are suddenly going to become storylines, new people to watch that I wasn't expecting to have to watch. So, and especially I'm going to be looking into the second scrimmage to see what carries over. Hmm. There were some injuries, and so there's a few things that I can't definitively say, okay, you know, this is how it is because maybe a player I was that was part of the, you know, that process was injured. So, like, I can't make a definitive statement on, okay, this is how the position battle's going because a piece was missing. Right, and we'll hear from uh, Coach Blake Anderson. Uh, Daniel Grishik met with the media afterwards. So did Alfred Edwards the third. So even though we'll share our observations, but we'll hear from the players and and Coach Anderson as well. But uh, questions that you may have, feel free to send them our way. We'll do our best to answer what we saw. 435-339-0321-9315. Glad Jason will get to find out what a two-hour show feels like. Hope he can serve Eric. Good luck. Jason will need it. We do do have... uh... Pick six. Uh, yeah, we have to see what happened with uh, yeah. pick six. Um, we'll get to that. Uh, we'll reveal the, who won and lost in that coming up. Uh, f- I'll get to your other text, your follow-up in just a second here. But a 5338 texting in. A few observations from the Aggie football scrimmage. I don't know how many plays were run, but the stats for Dan G really stood out. I'm thinking Daniel Grishik. Yeah, it's Grishik. I also noticed there were a number of over 40-yard pass completions. Does that say good things about the receivers being able to get open and having the quarterbacks deliver the ball, or are there blown coverages or other issues in the secondary? Also, I did not see any stats from McGriff. What's his status? So uh, I guess to run through all those, um, I wish I'd kept a snap count maybe. Um, there was a lot of things I was trying to do, yeah. so I, I I couldn't do everything unfortunately, which is why I'm glad Eric was there because we can get you know there's things that he saw that I probably didn't. Um, again, the, the defensive stats are a little inflated just because the way it was. They probably ran close to a game's worth of snaps. Um, and the first team defense was out there quite a bit. Um, the 40 yard pass completions they threw a lot of deep balls. There's actually a lot of deep balls that were incomplete. Right, overthrown. Guys just weren't quite in the right spot. Yeah. Um, but the ones that were completed, they were covered. Like, there were a couple of passes that were brought down in double coverage and just crazy acrobatic plays. It wasn't that these guys were just wide open on a blown coverage. I didn't see any of that. Maybe the one at the end with Walkley and uh, Where is like the Davenport. One, it, was it was like the, the one touchdown. Oh, yeah. Made the, it into oh, the end zone. But it, by then, it's like it was the very end of the scrimmage. And they're just kind of messing around. Yeah, and if, if anybody's bothered by the fact that there was, like, one touchdown, it was the fact that they were playing from, like, their I guess their own, like, 30 or whatever. It's, like, not a full field. I didn't realize the indoor didn't have a full field. But yeah, um, it was just because they didn't have any red zone stuff. So if you're bothered by the no touchdowns, don't be. Yeah, don't don't sweat that. Um, yeah, so the, the 40-yard pass completions, there were some great plays by wide receivers, but I wouldn't be too worried about the secondary because of that. And actually, overall, as as I said in my article, it wasn't a great day for quarterbacks or some of the wide receivers, which actually, to skip ahead, when you say you didn't see any stats from McGriff, part of that is the first-team skill guys were pulled fairly early. Probably around halfway through the scrimmage, they stopped playing. Yeah. Um, The first-team offensive line actually stayed out there for a while, but all the skill guys, with maybe the exception of the tight ends, might have stayed in. But those guys came out, so a lot of the, the... Cobbs, McGriff, and Van Leeuwen, um, I think between them might have had two catches. 
Um, or at least throws in their direction. Yeah, they had they had a few more because Kyle Van Leeuwen, I think, had three throws to him. Yeah, he, he dropped two of them. Right. Um, Cobbs, I think, had two thrown to him. At least one. I'm pretty sure he had another one that was incomplete. The first one was the 49-yarder that he that he got on there. Um, Griff had at least two passes thrown to him, maybe a third. He dropped one and was maybe missed on a couple others. One was right in his chest. Yeah, bounced right off his chest and onto the turf. Another one maybe was a drop, but it was a heavily contested catch on the sideline. Yeah. So I won't give him as much guff for that. But that's why he didn't have any stats because he didn't he didn't actually he did, yeah. catch a ball the entire scrimmage. Didn't really and really wasn't on the field much. And it's not because he was hurt or didn't deserve to be on there, but they yeah. gave a lot of the second third string guys a lot of run. Yeah, they were working a lot on their depth on the in the offensive skill position because they're kind of deep there. They got a lot of wide receivers they want to th- run through. Um, I'll be honest, the most impressive out there was probably Nine Davis, who really showed up. Yeah, he did. Um, in a lot of different ways. Uh, to your first question about Daniel Grishik, I mean, we wondered if he could be an every down defensive end, and early on he blew <laughs> he blew an option play that was bad. Yeah, I I, I watched that play because I was I had a really great view of it. I was like basically. Right behind, I mean, right behind us and like 30 yards behind him. But, you know, looking right through Grishik great, to the We were on the field. Like, we're standing right by yeah. all the players. So I'm watching this play from that perspective. And I'm watching Grishik. You know, he, he goes up. He's not blocked because it was an option play. So the defensive end doesn't get blocked. And he starts shuffling in that technique that they teach defensive ends to do. You're supposed to watch the quarterback and running back. Well, he shuffles in. And I think, okay, the running back has the ball because I'm reading Grishik to figure out what the offense is doing. And all of a sudden, Levi Williams is sprinting down the field with the ball, and I'm like, dude, Grisha just blew that hard. He did. He did early on. Pretty pretty bad blown coverage there. But he made up for it, and he made some spectacular plays over the course of the scrimmage. Speed, getting into the backfield. Now, in the scrimmage, you just touch the quarterback, and they blow it yeah. dead. And they, Oh, it's a scrimmage. I mean, that's a sack. He did. He, he did. But, have, he did have a bit of no-no where he like he like ran into his arm, kind of. Yeah. So he he got on him. Uh, he knocked down a pass. I mean, he just had. He had two of those actually. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, he had quick he, athleticism. Yeah. Um, just got up in the air, read it, read it right. Knocked one down on the right hand side that I know that I. Yeah, I remember the one where he really batted it down. He's credited with two. I just don't remember that one. So. So he looked really good. And he spoke with the media afterwards because he had a he had an impact get, day, and so we'll hear from him a little bit later. He's he, I, I interviewed Daniel uh, on media day, and then we talked to him as a group on Saturday. He's he's fun to talk to. He's an animated guy, uh, but um, yeah. So those were hope to answer some of your questions. Are five three three eight? But those were some of the things that we saw that shed a little bit more light on on the numbers that Utah State released. Because the numbers themselves don't always tell the story. Yeah, they're really tricky, especially when you look at uh, Logan Bonners. I mean, he's credited at five for ten, but you know, three drops that he had. So, and, and I think I tweeted out he probably would have been eight for ten with like a hundredish yards um, if he hadn't had those drops. So Bonner had an okay day. The first team wide receivers did not have a good day. Yeah, the, the defensive numbers, as I said, they tend to be inflated in. Uh, defensive scrimmages. I mean, Grishik had, what, 10 tackles, 7 for loss, 5 sacks. That would be an all-time day (laughs) in a regular game. But it didn't, you know, it wasn't as dominant as it showed. Obviously, he had a good day. 
He did. Um, he yeah, did. It, it, that's he, you know he's not Lawrence Taylor out there, <laughs> <laughs> but he's looking like a very nice addition to that Utah State defensive front. Yeah. Uh, Nine three one five. What questions were answered for Jason and Eric on Saturday? Um, do you want to get into this now, or do we want to? Um, we can briefly touch on it, and then we okay. can recap some other observations next hour. Um, biggest one, the one I was waiting for. Who's starting at right guard? Uh, and it was. Um, let me see if I can get his name. Hold on a second. Uh, Waylon. Yeah. So far, so good. <laughs> That's the easy one. Is uh, no, I gotta find where I wrote it down. Uh, Lapuaho. I think is how it's pronounced. It's pretty close, yeah. It's pretty close, close enough. How, how do you pronounce it? Lapuahu. Lapuahu, okay. Yeah, so he was starting at right guard. Um, interesting comment from Blake Anderson when he was talking about him. And and you'll hear it later when we play it. He said Waylon could, or like I think he said like very well could be the starting guard. Which led me to believe this isn't necessarily over. And I think it was because something I heard afterwards, I... I Apparently didn't notice this, but Cole Motes uh, wasn't uh, playing. Um, and he was the guy who filled in for Jacob South at right tackle last year when South went down. So it could be that Cole Motes is kind of the pendant starter at right guard, and I've heard people talking about Jacob South moving to right guard. So it's possible Waylon isn't the, you know, the, the primary option to start at right guard, but that he's kind of the backup, and with injuries he's filling in. So... It's certainly interesting they decided to start a true freshman <clears throat> at right guard for the scrimmage, but that may not be plan A. Right. And, and here, the other thing, too, to remember with, with Waylon is that here's a guy who graduated high school early, and so he was on campus for spring ball. And so he, he got those really valuable reps as part of his development in the spring. He's been able to work out and watch film in the summer. And now he's in this spot. So it's not like he's just barely rolling into fall camp for Utah State. Um, it, it certainly speaks volumes to what trust they're putting in him in his ability to uh, pick up what's going on and understanding what's what's taking place. But I agree with you. It's, I think there's still some – we saw some things Saturday that are just part of the development process of a football team. Yeah. Like – Levi Williams had a ton of snaps, way more than the other guys, probably more than the other two combined. But he's that doesn't mean that he's going to be the starter on game one. Yeah. It's just we're running through giving these guys opportunities in live game type situations to see how they react, see how they learn, see how they move forward. Yeah, there's a pretty clear hierarchy, especially at quarterback. Uh, it's Bonner, Lagaw, Levi. Um, so, yeah, and, and as, as far as Willen, like he's – he got a lot of praise from these guys, but yeah, I don't know if he's going to be starting day one. I kind of hope so because it's, it's always interesting when you have a true freshman starting, especially a position like offensive line, and especially at a program like Utah State because uh, you don't see too many true freshmen on the field, no, well, let alone starting. At that age, are they, as, are they big enough? Yeah. Have they been able to spend enough time in the weight room and get enough weight on them? But he's, he's a big dude. Yeah. So uh, – I was five two five five two five three, sending a text. I'm wondering if his autocorrect is going crazy because he says my question is who will be joining Derek Branson on the alter ego team, <laughs> or is this a joke that I'm not privy to? Uh, <laughs> says doesn't want Justin to enter contests. <laughs> well, yeah, it was a, it was a joke that between Ajay and myself that we could never win contests working at radio stations. 
Oh. And so we had to come up with different names. He was always Sanjay Albertson. Okay. Apparently I'm Derek Branson. <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure if like his autocorrect didn't like Eric Branson. Or... Uh, yes. No, Justin. Yeah, I guess you're Justin now. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, and then 9315 at this point in fall practice, is it better for the defense to stand out or should the offense be standing out more? Defense always stands out. This point of the year, always defense. The headline of every spring and fall scrimmage is defense dominates in such and such spring slash fall scrimmage. There were two of them this past Saturday yep. that said that. Uh, KSL and I think Herald Journal, I think both had similar. I know the Herald Journal had theirs. And I think the KSL one was like that. And I don't mean that as a dig on either of those authors. No. And I know both of them personally. But when you show up and you watch what happens in those spring scrimmages or even the early fall scrimmage, if a football team is on the right track, the defense normally will, nine times out of ten, dominate the first scrimmage. Yeah, because they're they know what the offense is bringing. They've been going against it all the time. I know the offense is supposed to know what the defense is doing too, but like, still, if the defense knows what's what the offense is doing, that's a bigger advantage to them than the other way around. Because they know what you know, and they've been going against the offensive line, and so they know all the tendencies and whatnot. So it's just the defense will dominate because that's how it is. It's kind of why the offensive line was out. The first team offensive line was out there for so long because they have to spend more time gelling. They've got two new starters to work through. So they've got to get that that chemistry going, and they need those reps. Whereas, especially in the defensive front seven, a lot of those guys have already played with each other a lot. I think, I mean, I guess it's the front six if you're playing a 4-2. Five, five of those guys, I guess four, have played with each other extensively, you know, with two guys filling in. So, Yeah, uh, I, I will say that I loved the energy coming from the defense. Oh yeah, that was Saturday. That was big. They were loud. They were intense. The offense just got outshone by them. It's like they're, they're, the offense wasn't like you know soft or lethargic or anything like that. But it it just shows how much the defense had energy because we were on. They were on the opposite side of the field from us. We, I mean, I didn't go over on that side all day. We, I mean, we could have. They didn't say no, but like we spent all our time. Yeah, pretty much of, all of our media guys, we were all on the offensive side. Yeah, so we were sitting there partly because it was a little cooler there. <laughs> it was kind of hot in there. <laughs> That's true. So, but we were hearing them all the way from across the field on, you know, pretty much every time they made a, made a big play, which was a lot. So They let everybody in that whole building know about it. Yeah, they're and, – and I feel like that's a really good sign of just how energetic they are because that is just an amazing feature to have for your defense, having that kind of energy because it just carries over so much into – you know, into real game situations, and you wind up being a complete pest for the opposing offense. Uh, things got a little spicy from time to time. Uh, I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, typical typical camp stuff. Yep. yep. Nothing. You know, I think there was two, like if you want to call them fights, but yeah, typical camp. Couple couple scuffles. Nothing dramatic. Yeah. Nothing no- anybody should get worked up over. Yeah, they. They, I mean, if there, I don't think there's any personal feelings longer than like 30 seconds afterward. No, because no. you get mad for a play. These are college kids, you know, all that energy. They're violent people because they play a violent. I don't mean like they're bad people. It's just they play a violent. They play sport. a violent game. Yeah, and it's part of their personality, and they're getting that all out. And sometimes it boils over just a little bit. Yeah. So it's all good. 
It's all good. Uh, any other questions that you may have about the uh, first fall scrimmage in the books for Utah State football, feel free to chime in and ask us, 435-339-0321. We'll hear from Coach Blake Anderson. Alfred Edwards III spoke with the media, as did Daniel Grishik. We'll hear from them mostly in the second hour, so stay tuned for that because, again, we're up, back up to two hours today. Wait, we have a second hour? <laughs> We're also going to hear from uh, Trampus Waite, the new head coach for the Bear River Bears, as uh, they get ready for their season opener on Friday. High school football begins on Friday. That's crazy. Seems really, really early this year. But uh, we've been previewing these teams with the coaches, and uh, our next stop on our, uh, uh, our, our preview is going to be the Bear River Bears, and that will be coming up in a little bit. Uh, but first, we're going to take a quick timeout, and on the other side, we'll reveal number 10 in our top 25 Aggies for this upcoming 2022 football season. So now we're getting into the top 10 most impactful players that we anticipate to see for the upcoming season. So stay tuned for that. And that's coming up in about three and a half minutes. But first, it is uh, it is back to school time, which is kind of depressing to me. <laughs> but for some parents, it's like, yay, I can't get here soon enough. Get the kids out of the house. So it can be stressful. I, I know there's a lot of things trying to keep in mind and make sure you keep track of that everything's done. One thing you can't lose sight of is your vehicle, right? You don't want to start figuring out carpools just to have your car not work. So make sure you get your car serviced at Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Uh, get your oil change there. It's uh, located across from Angie's. They'll get you in and out quickly, just how it should be with Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Monday, August 22nd, come help ignite the light with Alex Boyer as he performs a free concert at the Cache County Fairgrounds, bringing positive support to suicide prevention. Suicide affects all walks of life, backgrounds, and age demographics. Join Alex Boyer Monday, August 22nd for a free concert bringing attention to suicide prevention and a new national suicide and crisis lifeline. 988. If you think you may need help or just want to talk with someone, call 988. Donations of any size are accepted and welcome to help make this event possible. Go to Cache CashValleyIgnite.com for concert details and donation information. The outpouring of support for this event last year was unbelievable. Business and individual donations are vital for the 2022 events. Join Alex Boyer at the Cash County Fairgrounds Monday, August 22nd for a free concert bringing attention and positive support to suicide prevention. Donations of any size are accepted and welcome. Go to CashValleyIgnitetheLight.com for concert details and donation information. That's CashValleyIgnitetheLight.com. And thank you for making this event possible. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cache Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to CacheValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. Hey, it's Garrett Grantham with Grantham Mobile Automotive. Just like a plumber, just like an electrician, I come to your home. I am a master ASE technician, licensed, insured, and ready to come to you for your car repair needs. Right now, it is hot outside. From air conditioners to transmissions, I can take care of you. Give me a call, and I will come to you to get your car's AC running cold in no time. 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345. 
For the second year in a row, Advanced Heating and AC is honored to be named Gold Medalist for Best of Northern Utah in the AC and HVAC category. They thank you for your support and vote of confidence in their company. You have many choices when it comes to your home's heating and air conditioning system. Make sure you choose the gold medal winning company, Advanced Heating and AC. Call 752-7272 or stop by their showroom west of DI online at advancedheating-ac.com. This is Ryan at My Mattress. A mattress store recently closed right next door to our Riverdale location. Most people have said how awesome that is for us. I think I disagree. At My Mattress, we love competition. We love it if you shop other places, but also give us a shot. Shop online or go to other stores, maybe even a warehouse sale, but come into My Mattress because we want our shot at winning your business. Come into My Mattress right now and see if better sleep and better pricing are what you'll find. S.C. Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. People from St. George to Rexburg drive to Logan to shop Utah's oldest jewelry store. And one major reason is price. When diamonds are compared up and down the Wasatch Front, S.C. Needham's is as lower or lower than any store in the state. We compete with any 50 to 70% off sales, student discounts, or so-called wholesale prices. So when it's time for an engagement ring, come to the store where Utah gets engaged. Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. S.C. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric France and Jason Walker. Two hours now here on the Full Court Press. Got to put in twice the effort now. That's right. Twice the content. Twice the goodness. Theoretically. (laughs) In theory, yes. Uh, coming up next hour, we'll hear from Coach Blake Anderson, Alfred Edwards III, and Daniel Grishik, their observations on Utah State's first fall scrimmage in the books. Uh, also, a little bit later on, we'll introduce you now officially to the last player to join the Utah State men's basketball program. Officially done now. Yeah, we've known about it for like two months, I think. Where I think even he put out like on his social media that he was committing to Utah State, but I think he had to get like he had to get a waiver. That was the thing we're waiting. On. I think it was a waiver for him to be able to still be eligible, right? For sixth year, yeah, sixth year. So yeah, now now he, we get to officially. And it was funny because like Utah State's official you know press release kind of alludes to the fact that they had to wait for a long time because they said he joined a couple months back. But they had to wait. It just tells you like how prevalent that was. Like we all know he's there, because <laughs> you know, normally we they, know you know he's yeah. here. Normally they don't say any of that. It's like you know when there's a trade in the NBA or other things like that. They can't officially acknowledge it until this point in time. Right. So it was yeah. something. It was something like that. So we'll introduce you to him coming up a little bit later on, uh, and an interview with Trampus Waite, the new Bear River Bears uh, football coach, to preview their upcoming season. Uh, but before we do that, also, I, mean, I was going to do this earlier, but I just remembered. I have to do the shout-out. It's Ajay Salveson's birthday today. Ah. So if you see Ajay Salveson, tell him he's great. It's Ajay Salveson's day. It's his birthday. It's his birthday! I can't remember how old he is. Like 21, 18? So, something like that. Oh. Something like that. He, he looks tall enough to be. 36! Oh, he's old. 36. 
Happy would, birthday, AJ. Would, would not have pinned him at 36. He doesn't look, he doesn't seem that old. No. Uh, all right, we digress. Number 10 in our top 25 Aggies for the top for uh, the uh, 2022 football season to introduce who uh, the first person in our top 10, Al Lewis, voice of the Aggies Hall of Famer. Who is it? Number 10 on our Cash Valley Media Group's list of the top 25 Aggie football players for this season is number 10 as a receiver. We're talking about Justin McGriff. This is a wide receiver who physically has it all at 6'6", 215 pounds, and really started to show at times last year he can make big plays along with all of the other wide receivers in the position. And now he's kind of the most experienced guy coming back to help Utah State in the receiver area this year. 35 catches, six touchdowns a year ago. We know his pedigree. He was one of the top 150 prospects out of Florida. A great standout prep career at Jefferson High School in Tampa. He spent his freshman year at Nebraska, then went back to junior college at ASA College in Miami of Florida, and now has come to Utah State in the last two years has been a big-time receiver, and let's hope he is really big-time this year. Number 10 on our list, Justin McGriff. Justin McGriff, number 10 on our list. And where's number 10? I actually forgot that was a thing. I don't think he's the only person who has the same number as what rank he is. That's, uh, it isn't a unique distinction. Um, I'll have to double check, see if there's any. I think, uh, I think somebody that, else in our top 10 has the same number. Yeah, I know. I don't want to be too, <laughs> I don't want to be too upfront about who it is, but, uh, but look, yeah. think about McGriff, like six touchdowns last year, over 400 yards receiving six foot six frame. He can be a great possession receiver and he has moments where he, he does great things for Utah State. Provides a, a great option for the uh, for the quarterbacks. Um, but the the coaches, I think, have said it best when I've asked them uh, about wide receivers in general and specifically about McGriff. And they almost all say he will be as good as he wants to be. I think that's really what it comes down to. It. He has the physical uh, capabilities and the intangibles that you want in a wide receiver. Uh, just can he stay engaged uh, every play? Because when he is, he can be a great asset and a great weapon for Utah State on the offense. Yeah, he can be. And I was really hopeful when he first came in because um, we'd had some some pretty good outside receivers, Ron Quavian Tarver, uh, Jalen Green, and uh, C.O.C. Mariner. Had all been really great outside receivers. Um, you know, those possession-style receivers, you throw a hitch to them and they're just – they're just going to catch it, get you a first down, get you 8 to 15 yards in those kind of routes. None of them were really burners. Um, but they're getting you those catches when you need them in important situations. And that's what I was hoping McGriff would be, and he hasn't yet done it. And it seems like every year he's had a chance to maybe be that breakout guy. Probably more so starting in 2020. Then in 2021, he ended up being kind of buried on the depth chart there behind, you know, three pretty good receivers this year seems to be a better chance where he's definitely kind of in that top three, maybe top two. He's one of the top two, you know, outside wide receivers, him and Brian Cobbs line up on the outside Van Leeuwen at the slot. So this seems like if he's going to break out, it's got to be this year or it's not happening. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that, um, that he's going to have competition. Brian Cobb's showing up is going to throw some competition. Like he, he was in line to be the number one wide receiver option. Yeah. 
Uh, but Cobbs is proving to be an amazing player that you, you can't keep the ball away from. Um, I'm not saying that McGriff is not going to get, get passes thrown his way because he will. Uh, he's been in the system long enough. He's developed enough of a, of a rapport with the quarterbacks that they know where to find him. And uh, he's got such a big frame. You put him up on an undersized corner, you you got to get a really good shot of getting that uh, possession uh, on the sidelines or even in that corner fade, which is something that I think he's working on and has shown some elements that he can high point the ball. Uh, but that's one of those things this through this fall camp that I'd love to see him continue to improve on. Yeah, hopefully they run some some red zone stuff in this second scrimmage where we can maybe see some of those plays. And maybe they don't want to show those plays publicly. Maybe they're keeping them all in, in, behind closed doors, so to speak, uh, with their practices. But, yeah, that, that definitely is his value because we've seen Utah State get burned by a lot of those tall receivers. So it would be nice if our tall receiver would do those things because we don't get too many six foot six guys rolling through Logan. So, again, hopefully, I'm hoping. I had a lot of hope when he first came in. That hope kind of died a little bit because he kept – you know, he felt like he had hands of stone. He was just never seen to be open. And, you know, and, and then in the fall scrimmage, one of the first passes to get thrown to him bounces off his chest and onto the floor. So there's a lot of coaches talking him up and talking the other receivers up. So I want to trust what they say. But they're also, of course, going to praise their guys. So it's just going to have to be a wait and see. Will he produce on game day? Because it's about time he did. Right, and he has that potential. And it can be a huge weapon for Utah State when when he does. Yeah. Because at times he does. It's just do it every play. Do yeah. it every game. Well, 35 yards for or 35 yards. 35 catches for 400 yards and six touchdowns is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. And I think his potential is step up. That's why he's number 10, is he can. I'm just hoping to see it. All right, so that's uh, number 10 in our top 25 Aggies for this upcoming 2022 football season. Uh, do you agree or disagree with his placement? Should he be higher or lower? Love to hear from me on our text line, 435-339-0321. Coming up next on the Full Court Press, a conversation with Trampus Waite, the new head football coach at Bear River High School. What is he seeing out of his Bears after he's been there for a couple of months in the Bear River Valley? getting ready for uh, his first season as their new head coach. Their season opener, home opener, coming up this Friday against Morgan. That's coming up next on the Full Court Press. Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor, inviting you to check out our new location at 615 North Main in Logan. If you're looking for a rig that will turn heads on the road, each vehicle on our lot has been customized and built for your adventure. Whether it's hauling kids, hauling trailers, or roaming in the mountains, choose from our collection of trucks and SUVs at Mountain West Motor like no other dealership in Cache Valley. Visit us at mwmotor.com. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. Loveland Living Planet Aquarium takes us outside our everyday lives into a world of discovery. It's a chance to explore our innate curiosity, discover animals from around the world, and experience the all-new outdoor plaza and eco. More to explore at Loveland Living Planet Aquarium. Reserve your visit at thelivingplanet.com. 
Don't get caught without power to your home or business. This is Tyler with Golden Spike Electric. We offer Generac backup generators to keep your home or business warm, avoiding frozen pipes, loss of valuable food, or even a flooded basement. Golden Spike Electric is certified and factory trained, so you know it will be installed right and properly maintained. Contact Golden Spike Electric so you'll never be without power again. Online at gsegenerators.com. We also service other brands. Golden Spike Electric and Generac. Power you can count on. This is Dave Simmons for Les Olson Company. Your team's in the locker room ready to get out there and play to win, but you see a player you don't recognize. They're wearing your jersey and even know your coach's name. But who are they? Would you let this stranger look at your team's playbook? That's exactly how phishing attacks work. In 2020, the number of phishing attacks against businesses doubled compared to the previous year. Don't take risks. Take action with the Les Olson Security Suite. Get your free network assessment at lessolton.com. How many years has it been since you were married? One year? Ten years? Longer? This is Jarrett from Jarrett's Fine Jewelry. No matter how many years it's been, you always remember just how you felt. Show her you love her all over again with something special from Jarrett's. We can help you surprise her or bring her in and you can pick it out together. Maybe it's restyling the old ring or upgrading to a larger diamond that she just may have hinted about. No matter how many years it's been, let us help make it special on your anniversary. Jarrett's Fine Jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jarrett's. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Grantham Mobile Automotive is fast and affordable. But come to you, whether your vehicle's at your home, stranded at work, or at a local business, just give them a call, 435-229-4345. It's okay. Swallow your pride. Give him a call. He'll come help you out. 435-229-4345. Stop on previewing Region 11 high school football this season is with the Bear River Bears. Coach Trampus Waite is uh, new to the Bears, not new to this program. We've had a chance to interview Coach before, but Coach, thanks for taking some time today as we uh, help preview what's going on with the Bears this season. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for covering us. Uh, I guess first question for me is now that you've spent some time on campus with these with these players and in the community, uh, what are your, uh, per, uh, I guess, perceptions about how things are going so far compared to what you anticipated they would go now that you're in the thick of it for a little while? Yeah, I, I mean, the biggest thing is kind of like I, I mentioned before, um, the kids' attitude has been really impressive. Um, you know, I... I especially from what they had to go through last year. Um, they, they've been willing to learn new stuff. They've been diving into our offense and defensive schemes, and um, they've been really excited about what's going on. And, um, you know, luckily we've been able to get, get with the youth programs and get our high schoolers down there. And um, so we've been kind of um, engulfing ourselves in the community. Um, we just finished our, our red and black scrimmage, and I was pretty pleased with, um, you know, what we were able to get done that that day, um, we got a lot of work to do, um, but we got some rust off, and um, now it's just kind of teaching our kids how to win again, and that's kind of our biggest challenge. So, kind of just talking briefly, I guess, talking about last season. Like, do you talk about that with the team? You know, 
you know, going 0 and 10, or do you try to just move on from that, or do you try and use it as like a teaching opportunity and and kind of go over some of those struggles from last season? Yeah, we don't mention it much. Um, we're we're moving forward, like I said, with with a whole new staff and a whole new um, scheme on both sides of the ball. Um, we're moving forward, and and like I said, the attitude that we have is not what usually usually you see with teams that go 0 and 10. Uh, you know, and and we got a tough division. Um, but our kids have been resilient and, and um, ready for a challenge, and I think they're just ready to win. So, you know, we really don't have to look backwards. Um, we got a lot of stuff to get accomplished. We got a lot of stuff to learn, um, and, and we're kind of all focused on Morgan um, and moving forward this year. So, uh, Well, Bear Rivers has always produced great quality talent, so it's fun to see, you know, how this uh, change may kind of ignite some of that 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 uh, uh, has been not quite firing in all cylinders for whatever reasons but you you would I, I can't remember the last time we spoke if you had your full complement of your staff put together at that time but clearly I mean you've got to have a staff now what what's that staff looking like at this point yeah uh, so I did have my full staff last time um, a couple weeks ago and and we've actually had our full staff for uh, the majority of the off season um, you know we had one departure um, on the defensive side, but we easily replaced it from within. Um, we actually, you know, it's kind of kind of crazy. We got about five or six new guys, and about four of them are, are out-of-towners, like first-time Tremont residents. Um, so I think that's pretty cool because they don't, I, again, they don't have the, the preconception of what happened in the past. And then we obviously have some, have some guys that, you know, were on the state championship teams at, for Bear River on our staff, and so they have, a very unique, um, you know, point of view um, on things. And, and really, this, this community is awesome. Um, you know, I, I'm very thankful that we're by ourselves out here, you know, <laughs> so we, we don't have to fight with any other schools and, and, and you know, we can kind of dive into our tradition a little bit. So we, we do have a full staff, and we actually got some new volunteers coming out. And so I think excitement is still still pretty high as of right now. Now we got to go win some games, obviously. <laughs> You know, you got a bit of ways to go to kind of rebuild the program to what it was, you know, five or ten years ago. Like, mm-hmm. it's like when it, when it comes to this first year, obviously you can't always turn things around really quickly. But like, what would you consider a successful year and kind of year one as you know you're, you're building this program back up? Uh, you know, I just want to see our kids compete. Um, you know, in, in my opinion, we got um, you know the, the one of the toughest schedules in in the state with our region. Um, as you guys know, with all the Logan schools and and, and their um, their past, but you know, I, I do believe that we should be in every single football game that we have on our schedule. Um, and, and really, it's it's the culture piece that puts us past um, you know other teams and gets us some wins on the board. Um, but you know, I, I hope that every single game we're within a, within a touchdown or at least competing in the fourth quarter. Um, with anybody, you know, even those top teams teams in our region, um, and, and hopefully we can, you know, move into the you know the the playoff spots and, and try to try to make a move there. Um, but but really, all I'm looking for is our kids learning how to win again and learn how to compete and and actually believing in themselves that they can actually get get the job done. Uh, you mentioned Morgan. That's uh, your uh, your home opener, season opener coming up this Friday. Uh, it, mm-hmm. Looking at that non-region schedule, I mean these are these are some pretty tough teams, and uh, the the 
the the great part is most of these games are at home for you guys, but mm-hmm. these are teams in higher classifications and may pose some different challenges. Uh, when you're looking at that non-region uh, schedule, and uh, are you looking at teams with different styles that you want your team to go up against, or you're, as a first-year head coach, you're just focusing on your kids and trying to get ready for that next week? We're we're really just focused on our kids. Um, you know, I know a lot of those schools do do very different schemes on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, Morgan's always tough. They they got a good culture there. Um, they're returning most of their linemen, so they're going to be big. They're going to be tough. So that'll be an awesome first challenge for our guys. Um, you know, to be kind of the undersized underdog. Um, but you know, like I said, then we got to go to Highland. Then we got to go. You know, um, we got to play Clearfield. Um, we got to play Box Elder. You know, and, and they all do different things. But um, we're we're really just focused within right now, um, trying to go one and zero each week. Um, and, and we're just trying to find who's going to be playmakers for us and who's who's going to be reliable and, and who's going to be bought into the new system. So so you guys are looking like you're going to have to replace a lot of the offensive personnel from last season. Um, and that's not a terribly unique thing uh, in high school. I think there's a couple of the teams in the region facing the same challenge. But, yes, what do you feel like is the biggest challenge when it comes to replacing an entire unit that doesn't have a lot of starting experience? Um, you know, the biggest thing is, is our quarterbacks back, you know, that's, that always helps. Um, so we got Riker Jepson coming back. He, he had some injury problems last year. Um, but he's back and I think he's, he's one of the, the best players in our region, in my opinion. Uh, and so that always helps. Um, we got two transfers on the offensive line that kind of fill in for those seniors that, that departed us. Um, and the other three, you know, got a lot of meaningful snaps last year with all the injuries that Bear River had. Um, and, and then we kind of, you know, move some guys around um, into different spots that have been really playmakers for us when we went down to camp in Oregon. Um, and so I'm, I'm pretty happy with what we got. Um, you know, we still got to find some playmakers in the receiver position. And, um, you know, we got, we got some guys battling for the running back spot. But it always helps when your signal, signal caller is back. Um, and really, I think we got two guys that are pretty good at that. So, um, uh, you know, it always helps. So you mentioned Riker Jepsen. I kind of want to ask about him because it looks like he's – I've seen him as both at quarterback and also potentially on the defense uh, as a defensive back. Like, what do you expect his impact to be overall as, you know, you mentioned one of your top returners? Well, he, you know, he was elected team captain when we went down to for team camp, and um, he, he's a great guy that leads by example. You know, he's, he's one of our hardest workers in the weight room. Um, he, he is a great defensive back. Um, and so, you know, as an offensive guy, I try to steal him for, you know, to, on the side when it, so I can talk to my QB. But, um, you know, his impact, if we can, if we can keep him healthy, he's going to be, like I said, one of the top players in our region. Um, you know, he's, he can go man to man in the defensive backfield. You know, he, he's had two years, really, to learn the quarterback position. Um, and so, you know, and, and he's gotten a lot stronger. And he's rehabbed those, those injuries. Um, and so I expect a really big year out of him, and hopefully we can kind of tailor um, our offense to, to fit his you know strengths. So I, I expect him to have a big year. Yeah, we're talking to Trampus Waits. He's the new head coach for the Bear River Bears, getting ready for their home and season opener on Friday. The games will be broadcast on 104.9 The Ranch every game with uh, Clint Payne and Jardine Nesson on the call. And, uh, Coach, when you, you, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but I, I just kind of want to circle back to it. As you've seen this team and you've gone through several weeks of, of camp with them, 
and seeing what this team is made up of now, what would you say? How would you classify this the strength of this team, this Bear River team, for this season? You know, I I think we're really close as a team. You know, going going about six hours away to team camp really helped us. Um, we have a lot of fun, and, and we know when to focus. Um, and, and like I said, all these kids are really hungry, and I think that's kind of our biggest asset right now is they are hungry for, for wins, they're hungry to be successful, and, and they're ready to turn the page, you know. And I think this community is ready to turn the page on, on what happened last year, and um, and, and so that's, that's our biggest asset. Now we got to keep, keep being hungry week to week, um, and, and we got to battle, you know, like I said, with one of the top teams in 3A. Um, Morgan's always going to be ready, and, and so um, we got to keep that hunger. We got to be relentless um, this Friday, and and really stay focused on our goals um, this year and what they want to accomplish. So, you've mentioned youth football. I mean, in this interview and and last time we had a chance to talk with you, you talked about building up youth football. And I guess I don't know if I want to ask like what's wrong with it because that sounds a little too negative. But like, maybe if you're thinking like where they're maybe falling short and kind of specifically, what are you trying to do to build up youth football around Bear River? You know, really, it's all about numbers. It's all about keeping kids out for football. It's, it's keeping excitement. And so, you know, those youth programs, they run themselves. Um, and, and parents are always involved and the city's involved. And so there's always going to be a youth, youth uh, league. Um, but this, this offseason, we're actually having time to go down. And we actually, you know, I brought about 15 high schoolers and we did the fourth grade tryouts. Um, we did a youth camp for fourth through sixth graders where our high schoolers basically coached them up. Um, we did a middle school camp, um, you know, at, for seventh and eighth graders. And so really all, all I wanted to get done was I wanted them to see the Bear River Bears. I wanted them to actually have some, some hunger to be a bear in the future and hopefully to, to get a little bit more excitement out for their season. Um, and then, you know, we're going to do stuff during the season where they come up and they're a part of our locker room. They're a part of our pregame routine. And so I, I really just want to create excitement and, and keep going with that. Um, and, and I want to keep numbers up because, you know, every year you see a bunch of eighth graders. And then once they get ninth graders, you see those guys kind of trickle out. And then, you know, you're left with 10 seniors like we have this year. And so really it's just it's, it's creating spots for them to have, you know, be successful at the youth level so that they stay out for football. So um, I, I was really proud of all of our kids. All of our kids were um, bought into to helping those little guys out, and the little guys loved it. Well, that's a great opportunity for uh, your players, too, to be involved and, uh, and, and get in, into camps like that and uh, share what they know, what they have learned. I think that's a really cool way to do that. So, Absolutely. Yeah, they, they were they, – I, I was really pleased. They were, you know, full energy. They they jumped in just like coaches, and, and you know, they even came to us and said, hey, coach, this I wonder why you're frustrated now. You know, now I see it. You know, because they were on the other side of it. So um, it's a it's an interesting point of view that players don't always get. So uh, that's awesome. Well, coach, we're excited to see this new era of uh, Bear River football. It's a great traditions there. You know, a, a lot of uh, history and great talent that's come out of that school. So excited to see how things go under this uh, new era with you at the helm. And best of luck as your season gets going on this Friday. Absolutely, I appreciate it. 
Since 1926, our family has been proud to serve the people of Utah. During our 96th anniversary sales event at Murdoch GMC Chevrolet Buick and Cadillac of Logan, we've got the lineup to get you anywhere with confidence. Drive home a new Sierra, Acadia, or Yukon with 0% for 36 months. When you walk through our doors, you feel like family. At Murdoch Chevrolet Buick GMC and Cadillac of Logan or online at MurdochChevroletLogan.com. We are professional grade. Call 866-628-3065 or see dealer for complete details. Offer expires 831-22. My name is John Brinchley. Last year, my father, Lynn, passed away. Our family misses him tremendously. From the first phone call we made to White Pine Funeral Services until he was laid to rest, White Pine helped us every step of the way. The staff was there to guide us through the entire process. They were kind, gracious, and their facilities are amazing. White Pine helped to make the difficult situation of losing my dad into a positive experience where we could remember him and celebrate his life. White Pine Funeral Services This is Chris from the Cater Shop Menswear Store. We believe how you look is the first message you deliver. This also includes our floors at the store. Daryl at Cam Drive Northern Utah and his team came in after hours, cleaned the entire store, and had it ready to go before we opened the next day. I trust Daryl and his team from Cam Drive Northern Utah. Cam Drive of Northern Utah. Cam Drive of Northern Utah. 435-752-6100. Who do you turn to if you want to change out your wood or pellet stove? Advanced Fireplace and Stove. They were voted the gold medalist for Best of Northern Utah for the second year in a row in the fireplace retrofit category. Be ready when the government's next wood and pellet replacement incentives pop up. Advanced Fireplace can help you navigate the paperwork. For more information, call Advanced Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Online, advancedfireplaceandstove.com. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Jason Walker, and a happy birthday shout-out to Ajay Salveson. It's his birthday. You see Ajay... Tell him he's great. It's Ajay's day. That old Q92 reference there for those who've been around for a while. Uh, but again, thanks to uh, Trampus Waite for joining us today here on the Full Court Press. Excited for this new Bear River team. Uh, they're going to have a lot of home games this year. Last year they were on the road a lot because they put in a new field. So the benefit is they're going to be home a lot this season. So starting this Friday against Morgan. Uh, other news today, we touched on this earlier in the program, but Utah State basketball officially announcing the addition of Dan Akin. That's that's the way I've been saying it. At some point I may be corrected. Native of the London, England area, uh, was part of Ryan Odom's team at UMBC, transferred, played a season at Cal Baptist last year. I wouldn't say totally blossomed, but definitely had a bigger impact on that team than the opportunities presented himself when he was at UMBC. Averaging about uh, 11 points a game, 8 boards a game. Decent impact player for them. And yeah, basically, he's an energy big. That's kind of his ideal role. In an ideal situation, he's probably a backup center. Um, can be a starter, maybe a starter at Utah State. We're going to have to see how the center position uh, you know, fills out. At Utah State, but, you know, he can be a, a solid contributor for Utah State. He's not going to be a star. He's not going to generate offense. 
He'll get some rebounds. He'll get some putbacks. He'll struggle to finish a little bit in the half court. There may be some frustrations with his finishing. Uh, he's thankfully a much better free throw shooter last year than he was the rest of his career. Yeah, which hasn't been great. Yeah, he was at like 43% his first four years. Uh, shot a hair under 70% last year from the free throw line. So, improved, which which would be good, you know, for an, an energy big, you end up on the on the free throw line a lot. So, right. it'll be he nice shot he's a lot of free throws them. last year for Cal Baptist. And part of that's because of his energy and the way he plays, and part of it could also be if there's a guy in the floor to foul, it's that guy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but I think he helps Utah State uh, give them more size in the post where it's not somebody that's a, a skill guy that's maybe not afraid to uh, mix it up in the middle. He, he can be in the middle, in the interior. He's got good size, 6'9", what, 225? So he's got some good size to him. Uh, more reactions to the scrimmage on Saturday coming up next hour. Stick around. Another hour of the Full Court Press. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The L.A. Rams are the league's most aggressive team. The franchise hasn't had a first-round pick since 2016, and the team is paying top dollar for players like Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and Cooper Cuff. L.A.'s aggressive approach paid off last season, but the strategy involves a lot of risk, and that's starting to become clear this offseason. When you sell the farm for elite starters, you inevitably have to sacrifice depth. Signing massive contracts limits your ability to maneuver your way under the cap, and trading hydra picks constricts the team's ability to get talent at a cheap price. Last year, that wasn't an issue for the Rams, but with QB Matthew Stafford battling an elbow injury, there may be reason to be concerned at L.A. Due to the team's obsession over star power, the Rams don't have a lot of depth behind that starting lineup, and with Stafford now nursing a concerning elbow injury, the Rams' aggressive approach may come back to bite them to start the year. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. 